Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and thanks for joining me tonight for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host for tonight, Joan Kelly Walker. Laura Bellotta will be back next week. So we have a very, very special and interesting topic tonight, a really big topic. How do you break the cycle and get out of a toxic relationship? So I know a lot of people will want to stay tuned and stay with us for the next hour. Tonight we're joined by Gloria Bettini. And we're so excited because Gloria is speaking to us tonight from London in the UK. She is a toxic relationships recovery coach. She's on a mission to empower uh, survivors to find emotional freedom from toxic relationships. And she helps people find their authentic self. So we'll be taking a look into the signs to look out for when it comes to toxic relationships, how you can break the cycle, how to heal and move on once you've gotten out. So Gloria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, John. This is a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Well, it's very exciting. So can we start by chatting a little bit about your story and what's the backstory that gets us to this point and why you do what you do? Let's start with that. Yes, sure. So I was myself in a toxic relationship for about 15 years. Um, I was married to a narcissist and uh, I was in that relationship between the age of 18 and I left when I was 32. So it was originally like a very, a big chunk of very formative years that you have over there. And um, I didn't realize what was happening to me until after I came out of it. And uh, when I started realizing um, what had actually happened, that it had a name and um, what I went through and the effects that it had on me, um, I literally, I could not, not do anything about it. You know, I, um, uh, I used coaching to help uh, get out of that relationship. And I started, started working with a life coach for completely different reasons, because I was actually suffering with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, which mm. is an anxiety disorder. Uh, but I then later found out that the reason for me actually having the, the OCD was the relationship itself. Um, so anyway, when I healed that part of me, I started to have more space in my mind. And I could actually see clearly the person that I was with. And uh, I prepared myself to leave. And when I left, and by just me, and I wasn't, I wasn't a coach yet at the time, so I, it was just literally me having worked on myself. I literally have seen the reactions of people around me. They were telling me that they were inspired, that they were, that it was so great that I was speaking up, that I was inspiring them to do something for themselves, and so. That got me really thinking, and I said, oh, my goodness, this is just me, one person. And look how many people are coming to me to say this thing. And then what actually? What if I actually do it as a profession? How many other people can I actually help um, heal themselves, you know? And that's when I um, actually talked to my life coach, and I told her that I wanted to do that for a living. (laughs) And she was very encouraging. Uh, So she helped me find... uh, um, 
a great school to study um, to get my qualification. And then here I am. Fast forward a few years and here I am doing what I do. Good. Well, we're very happy that you're doing what you do. And I'm sorry that you were in an abusive relationship for for so many years. But thank you for doing the work to support yourself and to support so many others. Uh, You know, this is the situation is that it's, it's not cut and dried. Like people don't really have a definition for what an abusive relationship necessarily looks like. It comes in all different forms. So what are some of the things that you see most frequently and what are some of the different types of abusive relationships that people come up just so that our listeners, you know, they can kind of start to define or relate if they're wondering if they might be in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. So usually when we think of, you know, when somebody says the word abuse, we are straight away taken, um, you know, our mind straight away goes to think of physical abuse, which mm-hmm. is the most, you know, the, the one that we, we um, you know, that, that is known the most, let's say. Um, but it definitely isn't um, the only type of abuse there is. I mean, there are relationships where there is no physical abuse, but there is a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. And that can have major effects on a person. Um, there is mental and psychological abuse. Um, you can also go through financial abuse, which is another massive thing. And it's actually something that came up for, for me from my own experience. It came up years after I actually ended the relationship. It had to click that I was going through financial abuse as well. Um, so there are different different kinds of things. Um, definitely the thing that I see the most I mean, whether it's physical abuse, emotional, psychological, um, it definitely has an effect of a person's identity and sense of self. So Mm. the thing that I see the most with the people that I work with, with my clients, is literally how much an abusive relationship makes you detach from your authentic self. And it literally, um, it it makes you um, forget who you are you know, to a certain level. And I think that is the absolute worst thing that you can do to a person. If a person, you know, we're all put on this earth to be happy, to be unapologetically ourselves, and absolutely nobody deserves to live a life away from that, you know, detached from who they truly are. So whatever kind of abuse they go through, this is definitely the main thing that I see happening. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people that they can see some red flags, but they still can't define it or they can't leave. Uh, is that really common? Like, what is that thing that kind of makes you take that step? Like, it's a big step when you're seeing the red flag to actually put into action that you, you have to take control. How do, can you talk about that part of the process? Yes, of course. So uh, it's very subjective, you know, um, and uh, it really depends. Some people go through years and years in these kind of relationships and they get to a point where they cannot take it anymore. And they literally, a relationship like this literally drains you out. So you get to a point where you literally have nothing left to give. So a lot of people get to this point and they are able to realize that this isn't why I was born. You know, I wasn't born to just be 
um, so exhausted. I wasn't born to be in a life where I'm not happy. Uh, and a lot of people actually react after this and they take action. For some people, for example, I'll give you my example. Uh, for me, it was something completely different that got me to actually work on myself. And I realized later on that I wasn't in a busy relationship. So for me, it took an anxiety disorder, which I thought was not connected to the relationship. So I went to work with a life coach specifically to work on my OCD. And then, and, and I was actually, it was literally at a point where I had 40 compulsions a day. So it was taking up a lot of my day. Um, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder is when you have to do certain ritual, rituals, you know, throughout the day uh, in order to keep, to, to keep the feeling that you're in control, basically. And I was having those rituals for ages. I mean, it would take me 45 minutes to actually leave the house in the morning, you know, and I was oh running. Oh, my goodness. Bags, coats, yeah, everything. And, that, and for me, it was actually not being able to cope with that that got me to then work on myself. And when I got rid of half of the OCDs that I had, my brain had more space. And I was able to see and actually realize clearly that what was happening in my relationship wasn't actually normal. So I started questioning it. And because I had worked on myself, what happened is that all the techniques that my uh, ex was using with me, uh, all the manipulative techniques were not working anymore because I was standing up to myself. So those techniques were not working, and by those, by it not working, I was more and more awake, you know? So it can be very different things that get you. Some people, for example, um, the, it happens after they have children. They realize the relationship that they're in is super toxic, and it's really actually damaging the children. So mm -hmm. a lot of them are actually decide to take action because of that, because they don't want the children to get hurt. Right. And also, I think a lot of people, um, they don't want to wait until they hit the bottom. They want to try and take action before that in order to protect themselves and, and free themselves from a whole lot of pain. Yes, that can happen as well. Yes, it really depends at what stage they are of their relationship, because sometimes it is very difficult to realize how deep in the cycle you are. So it's right. not an easy, yeah, it's not an easy thing to realize sometimes. Right. So, you know, I want to just quickly ask, is it possible to, after you do all the work on yourself and, and leave, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, is it possible to actually have a good relationship with that person? Um, it really depends. You know, um, a narcissist is never going to be honest. So um, there are a lot of people, I mean, in a, a romantic relationship, if you ask me, I really don't see it happening, you know, uh, to have a decent relationship with a narcissist. Uh, right. However, there can be narcissistic parents. And you, as a child of a narcissistic parent, could, for example, say, okay, I realize my parents or my mom's, for example, I realize my mom's limitations. And I take it upon myself how I want to deal with the relationship. I take right. it, I, I decide the terms for me. 
Well, you know, we do have to take a break, uh, but so much more to talk about. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio. I'm Joan Kelly Walker in conversation with Gloria Bettini, and we'll be right back. Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640. I'm Joan Kelly Walker today with a wonderful guest, Gloria Bettini, who's speaking with us tonight from London in the UK. So thank you so much, Gloria, for being with us. Let's get back to our chat about the cycle of abusive relationships and how to break it. And before the break, we were talking about, you know, it's not just your partner who could be a narcissist or an abusive person or influence on your life. Uh, Who else could be and how do you define a relationship with that person if you're trying to heal? Yes. So, uh, well, it could be, we were saying, for example, your parents, either both of your parents or one of your parents. Uh, It could be co-workers. It could be your boss. It could be friends. It doesn't necessarily, like you said, have to be an intimate relationship. Now, if you are uh, going into a healing journey uh, to heal from the effects of a narcissist, then the first thing you want to do, at least at the beginning, is to definitely leave them out for your life um, while you get yourself back on track and while you reconnect to Mm -hmm. your authentic self. It is super, super important that you keep them out for as long as you need to. Now, I say, I would always say definitely go no contact and get the narcissist out of your life forever but i do understand that number one sometimes it is impossible because if it's for example a romantic relationship you might have children with them or for example it is impossible because you have to go to work every day or it is impossible because you don't want to cut your mother out of your life right so it's super important that you decide what the terms of this relationship are going to be. You decide what is going to be good for you and how much you can um, be involved with this person. But it's super important that you do this once you've healed and once you have gotten yourself back on track, basically. Right. So, uh, you know, when you're in that relationship, it can be easy to lose yourself and stop paying attention to your own feelings when you're in a relationship with a toxic person. What kind of an effect can being in a relationship that's abusive in some way have on a person? Like, what are the common things that you see in abuse survivors? Absolutely. Um, Definitely uh, a low self-esteem and a low sense of self-worth. And this is caused by what we were saying at the beginning about it's caused by this loss of identity, right? This detachment that you have with your true self. So that causes you to then to have low self-esteem, um, low sense of self-worth. Um, another huge one is difficulty in making decisions, for example, because why? Because everything that has to do with the loss of identity you literally do not know 
what you like anymore, what you want anymore. I've worked with so many clients that were coming to me and telling me, Gloria, literally, I just want to buy new clothes for myself. And I stand there in the middle of the shop because I do not know what I like, because I don't know who I am anymore. So this sense of loss in general, definitely um, is a huge, huge thing that I see. Oh, for sure. That's, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, that situation would be like, it would be stifling and you would must feel like you can't breathe when you're in the middle of that. Um, so can you talk about confidence and self-esteem? Like you said, people who are in this situation have low self-esteem, low self-worth. They can't make a decision for themselves. So let's talk about confidence and self-esteem. They're both elements to a key healthy life. But they're two completely yeah. different things. What does it mean to be confident and to have good self-esteem? Well, first of all, confidence isn't something that you get. Confidence is a state, okay? So you can literally do a five-minute meditation about confidence and you feel confident, okay? So somebody that tells you, you know, I see so many coaches that say, I'm going to uh, do this and, it's, and you're going to get confidence. You do not get confidence. You already have it. So you can okay. learn. You can, you can learn how to empower yourself. So if you're a person that is uncomfortable saying no, how do you learn that skill? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is uh, this is huge. Um, boundaries are yeah, the most huge. amazing thing. Yeah, uh, boundaries are the most amazing thing. They are going to be your one of your biggest helps um, in terms of healing um, from a toxic relationship. And I always say when somebody tells me, you know, I can um, I can't say no. I always say this: saying no. Is the greatest, one of the greatest acts of love that you can do towards yourself and towards the other person as well. Because saying no to others, you are saying, first of all, yes to yourself. And by receiving your no, that other person, then, you know, it's, it's, it's up to them. They are going to decide what to do with them. But that detachment that saying, no, I'm going to protect myself, I'm going to say no. No is never, ever, ever a bad word. You know, it's not a bad word. It's one of your best friends, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think people sometimes feel guilty saying no because they think they should be giving more and always accommodating yeah. everybody. And then you feel this guilt and you feel like shame somehow. Is that yeah. is guilt and shame all wrapped up in this too, I suppose? Yes, so absolutely. Now, um, it, it, this is a great, a great thing that you brought up guilt and shame, actually, because um, definitely in a toxic relationship, these are the two feelings that you're going to feel the most. Guilt and shame. You feel guilty because you feel like you should be doing more for the relationship and that it's up to you to make it work. But also you're going to feel shame. Why? Because deep down, your instinct 
tells you that what's going on around you isn't exactly right. But you feel so ashamed because there's so much pressure from everybody around us, from society, from everyone to just do well, you know, to just present the best version of yourself at all times, that knowing what is going on behind the scenes, you might feel ashamed of actually um, even uh, bringing this stuff up, right? You're supposed to have the perfect marriage. You're supposed to have the Instagram-worthy relationship, right? Um, mm. Ashamed if something is going on. Now, here's what I want to tell you about guilt and shame. Those feelings are not yours, okay? Mm-hmm. You are you're feeling guilt and you're feeling shame because the toxic relationship is manipulative. So you are manipulated into feeling guilty. The person that is manipulating you wants you to feel guilty because if you feel guilty, you are going to stay there. And that's what they want ultimately. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is just starting to date someone, you know, we've had all these challenges in the dating world. Um, you know, it, some relationships have have thrived during all the COVID lockdowns. Some have uh, people are spending way too much time together, not getting along. So it's been difficult. Some people are trying to find someone amidst a global pandemic. How, you know, when you're just starting to get to know each other, how can you recognize people that are not healthy for you or narcissistic towards you? Yes. So uh, um, this is actually uh, quite easy to notice. Um, And it's something that is called love bonding. So it happens right at the very beginning when you're getting to know someone. And usually um, a narcissist, if you're in front of a narcissist, they want you to think that they are the best thing that's ever happened to you, right? Mm -hmm. Go out of their way to shower you with the most amazing experience, right? So they will put you on a pedestal. They will just talk about, start talking about the future and how, what an amazing life you can have together. Some of them, for example, they're going to just shower, shower you with gifts, sometimes very expensive gifts that maybe you're not used to receiving, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you see those things right at the beginning, that perhaps are a little bit too much or a little bit unusual, then that's a red flag for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be overwhelming. Exactly, yes, yeah. Yeah, it would be overwhelming. However, for some people, for example, I mean, it it really depends um, what your experience is, but um, just to give you an example with with my experience, I mean, uh, when I started dating um, my ex, I, I mean, I was just 18 years old and I was, and I had a, I was bullied a lot when I was um, in secondary school. So for me to have somebody that told me, you're beautiful, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. For me, I felt heard and it was literally what I wanted to hear for years, right? So it was like he was speaking, he was telling me exactly what I needed to hear. So um, if it's super perfect, you know, if it sounds like somebody's in your head, 
telling you exactly what you want to hear, maybe just take a step back and observe it from the outside. If it's, you know, if it's a bit too much, a bit suspicious. Mm-hmm. So if someone has met someone and they've come to terms with the fact that, okay, this might be a toxic relationship, you know, mm-hmm. how do you ask for help? Who do you ask for help and what can you do to get yourself out of it? Absolutely. So how do you ask for help? Um, the first thing you want to definitely talk to somebody, but make sure you talk to somebody who doesn't know them. Okay, because when we're talking about a narcissist, they start something that is called a smear campaign, right? So they would go to your friends, your family, their friends who got to know you and all that, and they would start blaming you for the abuse, for what is happening in the relationship. Okay, they're starting to portray you as the bad guy. So what you want to do is make sure that you start talking to somebody that doesn't know them so that they can keep a neutral perspective, okay? So that they don't, um, they're not able to be, um, you know, under their spell, I'm going to say, you know, they're not going to be able to be influenced by them. Um, And then um, definitely talk to someone professional. Um, You know, there are so many of us out there and it doesn't take anything. I mean, there are so many of us on Instagram as well, on social media. And I I know I'm pretty sure other people feel like uh, I do. And, you know, it it doesn't cost anything to send a message and say, look, this is what I'm experiencing. Um, I fear like this could be, um, you know, a toxic relationship. What's your opinion? You know? Mm -hmm. We do need to take a break and we'll be right back on Global News Radio 640. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio AM 640. I'm Joan Kelly Walker. Tonight's guest is Gloria Bettini, speaking to us from London, England. She is a toxic relationship recovery coach, and she's on a mission to empower survivors to find emotional freedom from toxic relationships. And she helps people find their authentic self. And we were speaking exactly about that exact topic how, uh, when you come up with the fact that you think you might be in a toxic relationship, what can you do to get out of it? How do you ask for help? And Gloria, we were talking about the break before that. So can you continue with that? How do people face the fact and turn to get help if they're in a toxic relationship? Absolutely. So um, we were just saying to talk to somebody who doesn't know them. So that there is, you know, who doesn't know the abuser, the narcissist, so that they can have a clear perspective, a more neutral perspective. Then we said, obviously, about asking for help to someone professional. And I was just saying that, you know, it doesn't cost anything to reach out on Instagram or any social media to just say, look, I fear that this is what is happening to me. What do you think? You know, there are so many people um, that do what I do out there and and it doesn't cost anything to answer a question and it doesn't cost anything to ask it either. Um, another thing um, that definitely you want to start doing 
because a toxic relationship literally detaches you, we were, we've been uh, talking about this throughout the, the show, that it literally detaches you from who you are, right? So it gives you that loss of identity. So what do you want to start doing in order to start empowering yourself a little bit more? Because maybe you are not ready to leave the relationship yet, but you still kind of want to get a little bit of strength, you know, together and raise your self-esteem a little bit. So what you can do is to start carving time for yourself only. And when I say this, I don't mean that it has to be three hours a day, okay? You can just carve 10 minutes a day for yourself, but just make sure you're doing something that really reconnects you, that really gives you pleasure, that really makes you and only you happy, nobody else, and reconnects you to that authentic self. Now, how do you reconnect to your authentic self? Usually, if you do something that you really, really loved doing when you were a child, that mm. is going to give you great joy. It's going to be fun for you, and it's going to just reconnect, you know, rekindle this relationship with yourself, which is super important for any step that you want to take later on. So carve some time out just for you. And the last thing that I I want to say on this in terms of of how to get out, um, sometimes you want to get out and it's not possible um, because of timings, because there are other things that come in the way. So the most important thing um, is your safety, okay? So yeah. I am going to say to you, pretend if you have to, okay? So if you need to pretend that you are the same person that you were before you started your eating journey, just because you want things to just be quiet and smooth until you're ready to leave, do that, okay? Because the most important thing is always going to be your safety, physical, emotional, psychological. That's the most important thing. So if you have to fake it for a few weeks or however long it's going to take you, then do that. Yeah, that really great advice. Uh, It probably makes sense now for us to talk about the process of coaching and what you do. Like, I'm sure there's people listening that are curious. Like, you know, what happens if I turn to someone like Gloria to help me with this? How long does it normally take? What kind of expectations should someone have? What kind of results would they expect? Yeah, absolutely. So how long it takes, it's really very, very subjective. Um, because it also depends uh, whether you've just come out of the relationship, whether the relationship has been a long time ago, but perhaps you haven't healed, so you decide to work on yourself now. So everybody is at different stages. And when you work one-on-one with a person, um, it's very, very tailored to your specific journey, right? Mm. But some of the things you can expect, for example, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that happen as a result of the manipulation that happens in a toxic relationship are, for example, um, we we said it earlier, like the the ideas and the um, the relationship that you have with yourself, right? So this this would have created um, a limiting beliefs for you, like you don't feel good enough, you don't feel worthy, you don't feel like um, you know, um, like you can do certain things in your life. 
So mm-hmm. what we do is we take those beliefs one by one and we reprogram them because obviously those things, first of all, they're not yours because they have been put there and they are a result of what you've been through. Um, so we need to make sure that whatever thoughts you have are actually empowering you and are actually doing you a favor to move forward in life, not to hold you back. So we take every single one of those thoughts that are intrusive, negative, those beliefs about yourself, and we reprogram them to something that actually serves you and empowers you. So do you ever find in your work that sometimes people feel that, what's the word, overwhelmed, I guess, with their newfound freedom? Um, actually, uh, not really. Um, I mean, it's a very, this is a super interesting question, by the way. Um, thank you for uh, asking it. Um, <laughs> when you get freedom, um, it's beautiful. And some of those, you know, some of those, um, some of the people that I work with, you know, they felt trapped for so long. So I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. What I would say is that it's a beautiful discovery. Because empowering. It's super, yeah, super empowering. Because imagine you've been in this relationship for however long. And this person has really made you detached from who you are. So you don't know yourself anymore. You are literally standing in front of a blank canvas. You have all the opportunities in the world, and this time, you're in charge. You're the one who decides what's going to be the vision, what's going to be the painting out there. So have fun with it, you know? Have fun creating your new identity. Have fun creating your new life. It's a beautiful process. Yeah, absolutely. So we need to take a break here on the Dating Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about self-love. Don't go away. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight's guest is Gloria Bettini, who is a toxic relationship recovery coach. And before the break, we were talking about self-love, which is a really important topic, especially if you're coming out of an abusive situation in your relationship, whether it's with your partner or someone else in your life or in your environment. So, Gloria, my question is, what's the most rewarding part of this journey? When someone takes that big, big step to empower themselves, what kind of feedback do you get from people that the thing that they learned that maybe was unexpected or um, really meant the most to them? Yeah, is uh, one of the best things to to experience, I think, as a survivor, but also for me to witness as a coach, um, is the fact that you no longer need approval. You are just yourself, and you get to the point where you really say, do you know what, this is me. If somebody likes it, if they don't like it, I don't care because I am so proud and I am so happy with who I am that I don't need anybody else's approval or validation. So that is the most amazing thing to witness when somebody's just so happy to be themselves. And it's, it's honestly 
uh, goosebumps, literally. <laughs> it's yeah. the most beautiful thing. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, is there like a testimonial that you've received that's been like the best testimonial ever? Or is there a cer- certain story that you like to share? Like not specifics. We, we respect people's privacy. But uh, was there someone in particular that really touched you as a coach? Oh, uh, oh, my goodness. My clients are so, 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 so special for me. And they are all um, very different in different ways. But um, I've worked with someone who um, actually was struggling a lot um, with anxiety, high functioning anxiety to the point that they couldn't leave their house. They were super scared that something was going to happen and they were really wrapped up in their negative thoughts and everything. Well, this person um, has not only completely healed, um, they have, uh, they are now going on holidays and journeys on their own. They are super happy with the person that they have become. They bought car during the process of buying a house they uh, found uh, new love and it's just the most amazing thing to witness to actually you know somebody blossom so much um but there are so so many you know so so many examples honestly um every person's story is so so special yeah i'm sure it's it's super fulfilling uh, so what what would you say that people need to know about finding self-love? Oh, um, what do they need to know about finding self-love? Um, that you already have it. When things don't make sense outside, always go within. Because you are the only one that can actually give you what you need. You know, if, if you're looking for it in somebody else's, they are not going to understand you the same way that you are going to understand yourself. So be kind to you. We grow, we grow up with this concept that we have to find the one. You know, we have to find the person that completes us. Um, our relationship is the added value of life. You were born as a whole, Okay. You don't need anybody to complete you. You already have everything that you need to be completely and unconditionally happy. That is within you. So the moment you realize that, it's just so fulfilling and so empowering. Um, and it's just the perfect road and start to, you know, and way to self-love. Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking constantly about a girlfriend of mine that is going through something and, and I'm friends with both of them and, you know, they're both saying each other's narcissistic and, you know, it's hard when you see a loved one who's trapped in a toxic relationship. So like, how do I help? Like what, what can a friend do? Um, because you don't want to hurt anyone. You don't want to be offensive, but you don't really know all the dynamics of the relationship. So what's what's advice for friends and family? Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to a toxic relationship and, and in the specific narcissistic abuse, it's something that is very isolating because unless you're going through it, it's very complicated to somebody 
for somebody to understand, you know, because there's a lot of mental manipulation. And if you're saying it out loud to somebody, you know, if you're saying, oh, my, you know, my partner is making me believe that this is my fault, a lot of people will be like, what? Can you not see it? Like, why are you not right? It's very isolating in this sense. So if somebody comes to you and tells you that they're going through this, believe them. You know, don't dismiss what they're saying. Believe them. Give them a chance. And and if they want to talk, if if you perhaps feel overwhelmed or lost because you don't necessarily know, perhaps help them out finding somebody who can help them and who who perhaps knows um, what they could be experiencing. But ultimately, be there for them and be open. Um, you know, without judgment, just, just right. leave them and, and be there for sure. That's really, really good advice because sometimes people keep going back into the situation over and over and it, it kind of becomes like a cycle. And I think a lot of, you know, not a lot of friends, but some people might just throw their hands up and say, oh, well, whatever, it's just the way they are. Um, but I think finding outside help is, is that's a, a brilliant, brilliant thing to do. Um, it's really hard to break a cycle of a relationship that keeps going back and forth and, and might be abusive. Uh, but Gloria, why would you say it is so important to do this work? I really want you to know that it's so, so, so much bigger than you because you think that it's just about your relationship. It isn't. So by you coming out and by you doing this kind of work and work on yourself, you are showing everybody else what's possible. You are encouraging other people. It's the butterfly effect, right? So break the cycle, make this end with you and also for your children, for everybody who's going to come after. What we don't heal automatically is passed on. So do this work for, and and understand that it's so, so, so much bigger than us. so, so, so important. And it's literally, once you see it, the magnitude of it, you understand that just by you doing one thing, you are actually changing humanity. And it's the most beautiful thing that you can do for yourself and others as well. Oh, that's so beautiful. I wish we had more time because we could keep talking about this Uh, Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Gloria, for this episode of the Dating a Relationship show on toxic relationships. I hope this can lend a little clarity and hope for someone who's found themselves in an abusive situation. So we would love to keep the conversation going after the show. You can find me on Instagram at Joan Kelly Walker Official. And Gloria, where can people find you? I hang out on Instagram a lot. So if you have any questions, please just send me a DM. My Instagram is at Gloria Battini. And you can find me um, right there. And just please send me a message. Whatever you want to know, I'm there to answer your questions. Great. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week.